and we're back another semester at the video game academy um joined by ben as usual how's it going it's going and yeah the new semester is underway or has been or is about to be uh where you are you, you've got some stagger at the same time <laughs> which is delightful um here uh school is not not quite started up but um but school is always in session at the video game academy and uh this time we have pony island uh is our our game and it will be followed by the hex or is it just hex it's the hex the hex okay perfect um are they okay can you just tell me a little bit about where these games come from their uh creator and and how they're related um are they direct sequels or or in a, in a direct lineage with one another? Um, I feel like that would be telling on some level, uh, mm-hmm. but there is a relationship between the two. Um, for sure, there, it's the same developer. Uh, the one guy, Daniel Mullins, is sort of the face of the operation. Um, and it's a very small studio, you know, very indie, like on par with Tomorrow Corporation from Little Inferno. Um, and from what I understand, uh, Mullins had worked in the game jam sphere for quite a while, like making one-off video games over you know a weekend for charity or something. Um, Pony Island was the first game that really got his name off the ground because um, it was just weird and experimental and got people's attention because it was so strange and you know very unlike anything that had come before. Um, and then. I think it was two years ago he released the hacks um, and virtually nobody noticed um, until all of a sudden secrets started coming out and the actual depth of the game started to, to be more revealed. Um, in both cases, I bought them like as soon as I knew that they were a thing, like they were, they both seemed so weird and offbeat and gonzo that I, you know, couldn't give it a miss. Um, and both games are really inexpensive too. So, you know, it wasn't a huge investment. And in both cases, I've played, I've played them at least twice at this point. Like gone back to appreciate all of the little details that you missed the first time through. Yeah. Um, as for the connection between them, like the hex will make a couple references to Pony Island, um, and you have to be familiar with Pony Island in order to fully experience everything that's going on with the hex. But like I said, that would be telling. So we'll we'll get to that in in its own time. Okay. Well, I just just based on the titles, I mean, Pony Island, it sets you up for this very innocent. Uh, you know, maybe sort of vacation-like, you know, uh, carnival-esque uh, adventure game, and uh, and instead, it's it's sort of this frame um, for a, a very different experience. Uh, and you you sent me this game as a gift, uh, and and thank you. Um, and so you told me a little bit about how this is a a kind of meta experience. Um, so I, I wasn't totally blind going into it. But I still feel like, you know, you're never really prepared for um, <laughs> the, the, um, the oddness, the, the, yeah, the strange kind of um, ur- ersatz feeling of being uh, in this game for the first time. And yeah, so just um, looking at it, looking at its sort of load screen, um, it's got two of them, right? It's got the... Mm-hmm. The, the actual game, um, which is kind of like a, a 
a big sun off in the, it's very tomorrow corporation, actually. A lot of the iconography and a lot of the kind of meta stuff was making me think back to a little inferno again. But yeah, so the sun is off in the kind of the horizon and it's shining purple beams of light everywhere. And there's like green grass and the, the pony faces. They're actually kind of like unicorn ponies, aren't they? I mean, they yeah. like a horn. Yeah, they got the horn in the, in the middle of the head. Yeah, well, okay, fair enough. Um, and then you start the game and, and then you are placed in front of a kind of old school uh, arcade. It says it's uh, copyright system tech incorporated 1992 um and yeah okay i, I feel like even in 92 games were way more advanced than this uh, <laughs> they had color and yes. stuff but all right uh we're in some kind of other timeline maybe um anyway uh you can start the game you can go to options and help you can see the credits oh and when you load it it does tell you to play with the mouse um yes because you, you want to use the left and right and move around quickly it says and I immediately was contrarian and said, no, I'm going to use my, my dang laptop thing. I'm not going to bother with the mouse. And it is kind of hard. Uh, yeah, I had some yeah. trouble with some of the, the movement. But so, okay. So where, where do you feel like the frame opens? Like, is that mouse message part of the, the frame narrative? Is that the actual developer telling us that? Or is that the Pony Island Arcade telling us that? Like, what, what's yeah, going on? I think that one is safely outside of the frame of the game, although it's kind of hard to say because, you know, that, that opening title screen with the, the sun and the happy pony is very much within the frame. Yeah. Um, like the, the fake out that it's setting you up for is, is certainly part of the intended experience. Um, so, so I imagine that being contrarian and, and getting uppity about the mouse is, is unnecessary in this particular <laughs> case. You win no points for, you know, violating the mouse rules. It's really for your convenience. Okay. Um, and that, that's kind of, you know, it's a tough line to walk there. Like you have to, you have to make your game playable, even though, you know, having it, sort of meshed in all of these levels of you know self-referential you know like uh, illusions and stuff it, it is complicated and you and you don't want to spoil that yeah. yeah well so okay so you know you you can get um tickets from this machine uh arcade, yes. whatever this thing is with the old you know vc it's got the screen that you can see how it sort of curves at the edges yep. uh yeah anyway it's also a kind of like carnival game because it, it spits out tickets every so often. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what the first ticket you get is, but uh, it's not hard to find. It's like, it's right there. Um, and then your little hand pops up holding this ticket and you're, you're rewarded and it's like ka-ching kind of sound. Um, yep. Do you use them at some point? Uh, does, does it matter if you get tickets or not? Like, what are Yeah, they like... I know that you can collect them, you know, as usual. There, there are achievements associated with them, so, you know, sort of like extrinsic rewards. Um, I think you need to collect all of them to get, like, the secret information about your origins and whereabouts, which mm -hmm. that'll become more, more sort of obvious the deeper we go into it. Um, but for the most part, they're just kind of their own thing. Um, and I think really like the incentive for collecting the tickets is you get them when you break the game. Yeah. Um, like when you click on stuff you're not supposed to, or when you, when you identify glitches that, you know, aren't actually material to the game. When, when you are 
properly trying to break through um, the artifice that has been presented to you, that's when you get the reward of tickets. Um, as strange as that sounds. Yeah, so it's like the game, there's like these two levels of the game, right? Again, like you're, mm-hmm. you're this machine, you have this machine before you, uh, which is malfunctioning. And, and the yes. more that you break it, the more that you get tickets and you know, feel like you're accomplishing stuff. Um, and there's a narrative that starts to go with that too, uh, pretty quickly. Uh, again, very reminiscent or maybe inspiring for Tomorrow Corporation. I'm not sure what order those two games were, were made in, but... Um, yeah, Little Inferno precedes it by a wow. few years, if I'm not mistaken. Not a whole lot, but like two or three. But, okay, very cool. And, and so, like, this, uh, this, this, this mechanism, right, this actual arcade um, that you're interacting with, almost like doing stuff that's programming or you know is meant to look like programming almost mm-hmm. uh, but then there's the actual game itself which is really simple at first you you, you kind of scroll along uh, you can jump over the little hurdles and uh, there's really no no challenge to to speak of with with the Pony Island you know actual game um, right it's but it rewards you like crazy when you win <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's so over the top. Um, Yeah. What is the, what is the incentive there? Is it, is it supposed to make you like sort of question this um, surface level game? Is it supposed to make you ask yourself what the heck you're doing playing a game called Pony Island, like in real life? Like what's going on there? Yeah. I think there are a couple things that are being done because, you know, again, like, it's obvious from the start that the the pony part of the game isn't necessarily the crucial part. Like you have to you have to go through quite a few hoops just to successfully start the game. Right. Um, like it starts loading and then it breaks down and you have to like hack into the code through that little mini game where you're moving the bits around. And, you know, it's kind of like programming, but kind of not. Um, like the it's definitely suggesting that you know the game as it is like as it was presented to you is superficial um that it's not what you're actually here to do um so when you do in fact get through a level and it plays that huge splash screen that's got like the loading menu and it's like you leveled up like 17 times you are now leveled like and i think it actually keeps track like this is my third time playing through it and i think i'm like level 700 and something (laughs) like i think every time it ticks one of those levels it actually saves it permanently so you know you play the game over and over again or you know leave your computer on for two hours and go you know have lunch and you'll just be at this ludicrously high level um but it doesn't matter um and that's what it's driving home here like the over the top screen with all of the you know, congratulations and the, the starbursts and the fireworks and the, the progress bar and the leveling, like it's all very video gamey. Yeah. Um, like the whole reward and incentivization thing. Like you think of, you know, the MMORPGs like World of Warcraft where, you know, you complete this one quest and here's all this loot and here's all these levels and here's all this other stuff. Right. Like it makes you want to play more. Um, and the sort of joke is that the game kind of sucks. 
um, like just jumping over the gates is is really simplistic and not difficult at all and not at all a challenge and not at all rewarding except for all of the light show afterwards. Um, So it is a poorly made game that is on display here, Um, both in the sense of you have to fix it in order to play it, but in the sense that like once you've fixed it, it's not good to play. (laughs) Um, Like it's all just trappings and, you know, extrinsic rewards and has no actual value. But then of course it pulls the rug out from under you. And it's awesome, right? So there's a kind of interlude here. Um, Yeah. You, you do some programming type stuff, moving little arrows around and getting them in boxes and finding like little, almost like bacterium things that are like the only colorful thing. They're like blue and red. Uh, Mm -hmm. And yeah. And so they, they kind of like are wormholes. Sorry, your cuckoo clock is really going to this. Sorry. <laughs> All right, there it goes. Ten o'clock. Ten o'clock is chimed. Okay, so we are we're in the twilight zone, really, right? Like you go through these yeah. blue red um, portals, and, and yeah, you move around like green and red uh, little color color blocks, um, and find out ways to to kind of hack or repair or whatever it is you're doing to the the system code, um, which says like kind of funny stuff on its own right, like um, yeah. sort of talking to you almost. Uh, and and then you you get through the game, it, it crashes or whatever, and you can just sort of tell that there's a, a window like open. And so now it's not a, mm-hmm. it's not a arcade screen anymore. It's, it's like a computer screen. It's like your desktop computer has um, been, um, you know, incepted uh, and, right. and you slide it over. And you see that what's on the desktop are like a bunch of files, um, mm-hmm. sort of grainy, and, and a bunch of them are corrupted. Um, oh, this is one of the tickets, right? Like this one, I, I was yep. really pleased that I noticed like, oh, those letters, like they spell something. Okay. So, but then there's also like a chat uh, message system thing. Um, and so you start to talk to somebody. Uh, who's, Hopeless soul. <laughs> yeah, right. Who's like, yeah, lost there was something else about the like giving up your soul, like right before that also. Right. Yeah. Right before you, you end up hacking the game, like you you get through two levels of Pony Island and it does all the, you know, (laughs) shebang celebrating how awesome you are. And then you get to the third one and it says, Oh, you have to insert your soul to continue. There it is. Yeah. Um, Which is, you know, just one of those awful, like, terrible uh microtransaction mechanics that became so popular right about the same time that it's like oh you're enjoying this game huh well you know pay us five bucks and we'll let you keep playing exactly um and you know the again you have this bad game with this like artificially reinforcing mechanic like incentivization and reward mechanic um and then they pull the rug out and they're like okay and now now insert your soul yeah um and not just like five bucks but your soul (laughs) like how would you even do that i mean metaphorically that's sort of what you do when you play a game for that much time Mm -hmm. and like devote that much attention uh outsized for for any value the game might actually conceivably have right so i i kind of like that i mean the gameplay itself is you know basically like the chrome screen of the little dinosaur that you can like jump over stuff or whatever Mm -hmm. um so the game itself is, is if, if that's what your soul is worth, um, 
yeah, maybe you you might as well just hand it over. Like that's that's how sad this is. Um, but no, of course, like you as the player are beyond that. Like you don't have to do that. You can like get into the uh, the system files and and talk to this hopeless soul who I guess had uh, made made the bad transaction there um, and is now trapped somehow within mm. this computer. And there's this like star iconography that starts to appear uh, at some point, right? Um, the loading screen or something for the, the system tech is like a, a drawing of a, a star. It goes kind of like counterclockwise um, and sketches it out. Um, and, and this starts to like, you know, there's shades of Satanism in the background pretty, pretty quick, right? Like uh, yep. stealing souls, selling souls, star pentagrams. Uh, okay. Um, so that, that's like kind of where we are. Like that's what we're supposed to, to, to take from this, I think. Um, what, what's the religious component here? Like, where's that coming from? What, what's going on with that? Yeah, I mean, when you're talking to Hopeless Soul, he kind of gives you this warning, like, you know, he's trapped in there. He doesn't want you to get trapped in there, but it's okay because, you know, you can hack through the code and figure your way out of it. But halfway through your conversation, you get interrupted. Yes. Um, by by yet another message. By <laughs> Lucifer, yeah. Um, like, the devil himself is messaging you at this point. Um, and they even have like references to one another. Like if you pay attention to Lucifer's screen long enough, Hopeless Soul is like, hey, are you talking to somebody else? Yeah. And he'll ask you like, who are you talking to? And if you say Lucifer, he's like, oh, don't talk to that guy. <laughs> he's nothing but trouble. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they, they bounce back and forth. Like Lucifer closes Hopeless Soul's messaging screen while you're talking to him. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's not entirely clear where the, where the boundaries are. Um, and you know, then you get that really creepy moment where like Lucifer says, just say yes, master. And, and whatever you type, yeah. it's yes, master. <laughs> I didn't like that very much. I gotta say, yeah, that, that creeped me out. Um, I, I would like there to be a way around that if, if there is, I guess you don't have to tell me, but, um, I, yeah, I have not figured it out. Okay. Like okay. this time I literally pressed hard return, like didn't type anything and it still entered yes master. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so, yeah. I missed a lot of what Hopeless Soul was actually typing because I couldn't like scroll back up before I guess the window closed like cuz I was I was distracted by the other one. Um mm -hmm. so I don't know. I mean there are some points at which you can type things back, right? You you give their you yeah. give them your name. Um you can like respond to a few things that they say. Um, are there many branching dialogues there? Do you know, uh, or does it not a not a whole lot? Like most of them, just sort of direct right back at you know certain at whatever the plot is is sort of forcing you to do. Like you can you can ignore Lucifer for a pretty long time, and he'll still just hijack Hopeless Skull's screen and mm. you know demand your attention. Um, I think in my second playthrough, I tried to just like pretend that Lucifer wasn't there and just kept talking to Hopeless Soul and eventually Lucifer was just like, nope, and shut down the screen anyway. Yeah. Um, so, you know, no matter what you do, the outcome is virtually the same. Hmm. Um, and like the basic gist of what's going on is, you know, Hopeless Soul is your ally on the inside and Lucifer is clearly your antagonist. And it sounds like Lucifer is also the game's designer. Yeah. Um, 
he like starts talking to you in the context of the game like why didn't you enjoy my game didn't you enjoy all those those splashy you know reward screens at the end of the levels like what's your problem dude like why don't you just insert your soul and enjoy enjoy the game that i made for you um and you know (laughs) like on the one level as you know a sort of faustian bargaining your soul for a video game thing like it follows some fairly traditional structures but you know you've got this satirical edge to it like for all those bad microtransaction games where it's literally the devil who is making them and demanding your time and your money from them um and then you know blaming you when you don't enjoy the the product of their work as broken and glitchy and messed up as it might be and I feel like the hopeless soul also doesn't really understand or maybe empathize with you very much. Um, they're very demanding. They're very yes. like needy and they don't really tell you much about what's going on other than like, okay, there's like three, you know, core files that we have to um, unlock or destroy or whatever. And then we can mm-hmm. break out of here. Um, but it's unclear, you know, like what your metaphysical status is at this point. Like, are you already in hell with them? Are you trapped in, in much the same way as Hopeless Soul, because, you know, you can't, like, step away from the, the screen. That's not mm-hmm. a thing you can do within the game, at least yet. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, and I got to a point where um, I, I found a password, and I entered it, and I got to, you know, choose one of three things. Yes. And so there is, like, a name. I chose who am I, or who was I, rather, which, again, mm-hmm. past tense there seems kind of important. Um, and it told it told me that you know the real name of the character I'm playing as is Theodore, um, yes. And that you had a, a wife and daughter that you left behind, and you get this kind of like again like a blurry image that looks kind of like you're in a cathedral or, or a church. It's got kind of like stained glass, and it's colorful um, for just a moment there, and then that's it. That's all you get. Um, so I'm wondering if you put your name in as Theodore, does something happen at this point in the game? Um, if I'm not mistaken, there is like something that you will find if you type in Theodore at that point. Like talking to Baphomet actually yields a lot of interesting, weird Easter eggs if you know what to enter. Mm-hmm. Um, just from context, and you know, like there have been a lot of people picking this game apart and finding out like what Baphomet will tell you um, mm-hmm. in a given situation. Um, but yeah, the three the three bits of information he's willing to give you, if you can unlock all three of them in the same game by getting different passwords, then um, you get a slightly better picture of what you're dealing with and where what your protagonist actually is doing. Um, suffice it to say that Theodore is in fact dead, um, but you know his afterlife is not the usual fire and brimstone that you would expect from hell. Um, apparently Lucifer is branching out and experimenting <laughs> with new methods of torture. <laughs> Dabbling with Pony Island. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, so like a, a horrible, repetitive game that nevertheless demands your attention and uh, adulation. That seems like a pretty good like approximation to what the devil you know, is classically, right? Yep. He's like kind of banal, actually, right? Um, yeah. And so, you know... Uh, there's obviously a ton of secrets in this game. I, I didn't find many of them, I think. I found a place where there's like a bunch of different uh, lines of, of text and it says choose one. And I, I didn't even choose one because I was just overwhelmed. Like 
if there's the right answer there, I didn't know what it was or even how to how to go about finding it. So so I know that I've missed a lot of stuff already because it seems like you can't go back to, to certain things. Um, but it's interesting. So Baphomet is something you, you do get to return to, perhaps. Yes, uh, Baphomet will will stay hanging out in the in that weird like tertiary menu, and you will frequently get the chance to to interact with him. I'm wondering. Um, it sort of takes the place of the credits option. So is there some like Easter egg hidden in the credits, which scroll by like really fast if you bother to look at them? Uh, and they have like people's names in them. I, I think I saw Saddam Hussein played a role in, in the game. Um, so <laughs> what's that about? Um, yeah, that one I'm not sure about. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that the credits are untrustworthy at this stage. Okay. Um, although there is like a proper credit screen later when you've actually beaten the game. Okay. Um, which is a ways down the road if it seems ambiguous at this point um but yeah like even the options menu some of the options are just weird and like nonsensical um (laughs) and quite a few of them just won't even respond like you can click on them and they'll just buzz at you and refuse to do anything that sound effect is quite alarming uh (laughs) it hurts like physically i don't like making it happen so yeah I, i don't like try clicking things more than once usually. Um, yeah, it's like, a, it's like an electroshock almost. Yes. Um, your, your, your spirit and the game both sort of like go on the fritz there. Um, but the, so then, okay, but then the Pony Island game becomes pretty awesome actually uh, in the second go round. Um, if you can get it to work again then, uh, and, it, and it loads or whatever, um, it, it like, it kills you over and over, right? Like these um, satanic little devil faces uh, surround you and like like the booze in Super Mario World and then just like eat you. They just like come in yep. and get you and you can't do anything about it. Um, but then right, somehow you, uh, you hack a little bit and you unlock the laser bee, <laughs> the pony lasers. Yes. Wow. Uh, it like arcs down from heaven, right? In this di- diagonal. It uh, erases all this uh, this crap that's like trying to hold you back, um, and um, and then you can use it within the game uh, as you're running along. You you can blast this uh, bar of of you know light in in a in a sweeping arc all around you, uh, and toast the in, the impinging um, devil heads. So this took me a while actually. Uh, I like couldn't physically figure out the button combos to, to just kind of like get through this section for, for a good, I don't know, 20 tries or something. Um, through the like pony lasers? Yeah, the actual pony stuff. Yeah. 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 If you're, weird. if you're not playing with a mouse, this is, this is where it's going to get much harder. And uh, I was like, yeah, I was almost to the point where I was going to put plug in a mouse, but I still, I still refuse. I'm going <laughs> to stand by that for now. But so it's, it's quite fun actually. It's, it's like very frustrating, but in a good way, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, they, they start to vary their attack patterns. Um, so is, is, is Theodore is, you know, whatever your name you put in, are you the pony? Like, um, is that you? And, and when you die, uh, does that matter? Um, does it keep track of that or, or, or no? Is this just yeah, as, as far as I know, there's no tracking your deaths and there's no consequence for dying. Um, the, at least the sense that I, I get, like even at this stage was, you know, 
Theodore is the owner of the hand you see pulling out the tickets. Um, and, you know, I, I think like when you, when you break the game the first time, like the, the arcade machine just like freaks out and like tilts to one side and you're now yeah. playing cockeyed. Um, and when it does, he like throws up his hands to protect himself. Yeah. Um, which is a fairly impressive, like, fourth wall breaking moment honestly like making you question what is the framing for this game like exactly who are you in this case um so my guess is that theodore is the player um kind of trapped at the screen for whatever reason since you know obviously we can't like turn around away from this and just you know walk off and do something else um so uh, the pony seems to be, you know, Theodore's avatar in the game, um, as well as like when you're, you know, clicking and dragging the little uh, coding bits around, yeah. um, like that's that's him doing it. You are working through him to do whatever he is doing on the screen. Right, right. And but you know, then you've got these three layers that you're constantly aware of. I really, I really want for the pony to become a thing that I can use against the coding portions more often. Um, the way that it sort of unlocks the laser is a really cool moment. And, and I, I want more of that. So I, I'm hoping that that will blend further uh, as the game goes on. Um, yeah, I, I do like the ponies. I, what is the, can you just kind of let me glimpse a little tiny bit of like why ponies? Like there's a whole kind of pony subculture that I yes. that you have some uh, a cognizance of. <laughs> Just, just as, as an ex-brony in my own right um <laughs> yeah like i admit um it's a little bit complicated and a little bit ironic and i'm certainly not you know 100 scholarly on this but i do get the sense that the reason why daniel mullins picked ponies for this particular adventure um is that they are sort of this internet shorthand for innocence and like no risk uh happiness yeah. sort of um like i know that for a while on steam just before pony island came out in fact there was like adventures of the crystal something or other um, which did something fairly similar and that it was like a game that was ostensibly you know just ponies doing pony things and like owning a stable and going for rides which apparently had like a dark undercurrent and there was something else going on underneath um and it, you know like obviously there are connections there to you know the my little pony series of yesteryear back in the 80s and you know the toy line that was associated with that as well as like the more contemporary my little pony which got all the attention of all those dudes who all of a sudden were like flocking to convention centers and buying up pony dolls for some mad reason um partially ironic partially not ironic like i thoroughly enjoyed the show i thought it was a great allegory for plato's republic but you know that's another level entirely um but i think i think what mullins is doing with it is sort of drawing that drawing that line to like how what we expect when we look at a game called pony island um like we expect a game that is you know to be perfectly unfair about it girly um yeah. low stress 
like, you know, I'm a big, serious adolescent boy playing, you know, big, serious military shooters. And, and, and I like my action dark and gritty. And I want my superhero comics to, you know, be like important and, and reflect my adulthood. Um, and ponies are the exact antithesis of all of that. Like I will have zero truck with ponies because ponies are girly and childish and, you know, innocent and f- like dumb. Um, and this, the sort of, I suspect that's why Mullins uses it. Like it is the, the, you know, both literal and figurative Trojan horse. Oh, wow. Um, nice. Yeah. So, you know, you go in expecting a game that is all sunshine and rainbows and lightheartedness. And what you end up with is this stark, almost quasi horror um, experience where you're sitting in front of an old screen wondering where the lines are between, you know, reality and the game that you're playing. Um, As they get blurrier and blurrier, um, the deeper you go down. Um, But at the same time, you know, as you pointed out, they're technically unicorns, not ponies. Um, and the unicorn, of course, is a symbol of purity, of innocence, of virginity, but also of strength in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's something kind of striking about, you know, here is this Trojan horse like pony as pandering, actually being manipulated by Satan, but then you get to fight back. Yeah. Um, your innocence actually can win given the right circumstances, digging deeply enough and taking it seriously enough. Um, so, you know, there's, there's obviously like complex layers here and it would be, it would be tough for me to say that any one of these is a definitive interpretation, but I think there's some really rich mining mm-hmm. of like all these layers at stake. Um, insofar as it is, you know, one part earnest and one part ironic, but then earnest again, um, and, and so far as it is like one part Trojan horse, but at the same time, it's like you are the Trojan horse. You are the one breaking Satan's control over the game rather than him using the pony to lure you into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so I also think though of um, Monkey Island, the, the Monkey mm-hmm. Island series, I think is that probably a conscious reference uh, to, to kind of place yourself in conversation with a, a famously sort of groundbreaking adventure game? Yeah, like, it's not a connection I would have thought of terribly deeply, but there are, you know, at least some thematic similarities for sure. Um, Like, Monkey Island was, in its own right, a fourth wall-breaking sort of deconstruction of the adventure game genre. Like, there were all these puzzles that deliberately questioned the sort of, like, point-and-click adventure game motifs of the time. Um, In the same way Pony Island is doing something similar. And I think they have the same sort of dark comic approach as well um although like you know obviously the the gameplay is very different and the sort of um way that it is presented is very different um and i honestly think that you can adequately call pony island an adventure game um like adventure games are sort of ambiguously titled at this point in time it's hard to sort of pin down exactly what that consists of Um, But Pony Island, in its lack of commitment to a single mechanic, kind of falls into the adventure game category. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, like, there's definitely a connection there, but I guess, 
maybe even deeper, like the joke of the title, The Secret of Monkey Island, is that there is no secret to Monkey Island. Like you wander all over the island looking for, you know, treasure and stuff. And it turns out that it was all a farce and there was no secret. And the whole thing is a giant joke. And you were kind of silly for wandering around looking for one. Um, likewise, Pony Island doesn't actually have ponies or islands. <laughs> Neither of us. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, so I, I love the connection to, you know, the, the Republic, the cave. I mean, I think that's very strongly suggested in, in the framing of, you know, you're looking at this screen and you can't turn your head and it's yep. all kind of a lie, but you can maybe break through, right? It, it, mm-hmm. With enough sort of fortitude, um, but also maybe some kind of spiritual guidance, right? You, you can get through this. Um, I'm, I'm very suspicious, again, of Hopeless Soul, though. I, I think yes. I think I kind of trust uh, the Azeol demon when he's like, you've been tricked, like, don't, like, um, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I don't know that um, breaking the game and, and destroying its core files is such a good idea. Um, but yeah, I, so I had a lot of trouble with the boss uh, again, against um, Azaziel or, or whatever the name is of this. Yeah, Azazel. Um, I don't know that there, there's some interesting gender stuff going on, I feel like, between the player who is kind of coded as male and the hopeless soul and Lucifer, really. They both kind of have feminine qualities to them, I feel like. They're, they're kind of like demanding of attention thing. Like I read that as kind of a, a feminine thing. Um, I don't know if that's intentional, but, um, Mm -hmm. but but the demon too, like is kind of like pestering you um, certainly childish also in in a way. um, And that kind of association of innocence with femininity perhaps is, is being played on there. So I don't know, like I had to just kind of do this part over and over and just kind of muddle through some of the puzzles. I was a trial by error. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I wasn't good at thinking ahead, but but the demon kind of does the same thing every time. So it's, it's pretty forgiving. Um, I think you eventually can just muddle through, uh, even if you're not super smart. Uh, like that's my experience anyway. Um, but I, I found it, you know, interesting. Uh, an interesting yeah. mechanic where it, it moves. Um, it takes turns though. It moves with you. Um, yes. And, uh, and, and adjusts the, the flow of, of the program. Um, I'm dreading if I, actually, if I have to actually like, put in some programming language at some point i'm (laughs) yeah we you will not have to worry about that like i i will not subject you to those particular indie games as much as i enjoy them from time to time um but yeah pony island is is trying to like gamify the process of coding like by you know basically just letting you pick the arrows and move them around instead of actually doing any of the actual coding work um but uh, you also won't have to run into this particular problem again. Like there will be other coding sections, but one of the thing that's, things that's really cool about Pony Island is that each of the each of the guardians, each of the demons p- protecting the core files, um, actually is contended with using a different mechanic from the game. Um, so Azazel is the programmer demon. Like he is the one you doing all the like coding and fixing bad code. Uh, to like get the game running and sort of sneak behind the veil and hack what you want. Um, and then you end up in this weird puzzle game where like Azazel is competing against you and trying to, you know, undermine your work and you have to sort of like plan ahead and checkmate him into doing things that are to your advantage. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah. So you can move oh. things from the flow over on the right-hand side, but really to win, you have to sort of move things around just like he does. Um, yes. You had to beat him, right? Because he'll, again, he'll do the same thing every time based on what you do. But if you change what you do, then he'll change what he does. And, and you can sort of lock him into having mm -hmm. to help you out there. Uh, yeah. And, and maybe get a little lucky too. But uh, anyway, but it's cool. Like um, the, the ways that that is played with, like it adjusts, uh, based on these like portals that open up and then there's a point where you can't move the thing once it's placed so it continually kind of adjusts um, your you have to change your expectations and, and adapt um, to new kind of curveballs that the game throws you um, yeah and be kind of quick like yes clicking the yes before he clicks clicks it away <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got to get you a mouse man <laughs> Uh, fine, fine. If I if it comes to it, I'll, I'll plug the mouse in. I guess I just I just keep expecting like some psychomantis crap to happen when I plug a mouse in. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Take control of your your controller. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So um, other other stuff from this first um, opening sa Sally of the game uh, that we should we should touch on here. Uh not that I can think of. Um. Like I think we we did a pretty good job of of fairly thoroughly covering most of the most of the bases at least for the the opening sections, um, like you know it, it's if you've beaten the the core file and like booted the computer back up again then you've already seen that everything is different again. Right. Um, it reminds but, me of that moment in Final Fantasy where you choose one of three paths because there's like three people outlined and then a kind of a corrupt fourth which i guess is you um yeah mm -hmm. so, yeah so i'm not sure where to go from here but it looks like you kind of have a choice maybe what what to go do next um yeah oh, cool cool uh all right well then so we'll, we'll challenge the second core file for next time um and i i'm gonna read up on this daniel mullen guy a little bit more and and see what's what's uh in the background for for his context and um, if he has any avowed intentions with some of the stuff, I'm, I'm curious to see what that is. Well, the the one that one that does excite me, uh, he has another game coming out in the next year hmm. uh, called Inscription, like inscription, but with a Y instead of an mm -hmm. I after Scry. Um, and I've I've been keeping up because, of course, like anything this guy does at this point, I am at least passing interested in. Um, but I am particularly fond of the fact that he advertises it on the Steam page for Pony Island with the tagline, it's even less about ponies. <laughs> I think I saw that. Yeah, I was like, is this some meta thing from within the game or is this like a real thing coming out? Okay, cool. Yeah, it is in fact a game that is coming out, but you know, the hacks had very little to do with ponies and apparently Inscription will have even less to do with ponies. Um, I, w I would appreciate more lasers, even if the pony is yep. not read it yeah. um, okay. I'm, good. I'm good with that all right cool uh thanks again for taking time and um putting us on the track of this uh this fascinating kind of rabbit hole of pony island uh yeah there you go that's the clock <laughs> see you next time yep see ya <laughs>